as someone who works full-time with the commute and has a family to take care of, you don't have time or energy to devote hours in the kitchen trying to whip up dinner for the family. That's exactly why I created my ultimate kitchen guide for quick and easy meals. In this guide, you'll find a list of foods that you should have on hand in your kitchen on a regular basis, along with tips on how to put things together on your plate to create a balanced anti-inflammatory meal. Imagine a world where you can come home and whip up a healthy meal in like 20 to 30 minutes and still have time to kick your feet up on the couch and catch up on your shows before bed. Yes, it's not a dream. It's your new reality. All you have to do is head to www.betterwithcarbo.com forward slash guide and grab your free copy today. That's betterwithcarbo.com forward slash guide. Get ready for healthier meals with less kitchen stress. Hello and happy Tuesday. Welcome to another episode of the Inflames in the Brain podcast. I'm your host, Chrissy, and this is going to be a sort of fun episode for me because we're talking all about coffee. I'm Chrissy Carbo, registered dietitian and host of the Inflamed in the Brain podcast. Here we cut through the confusion and complexity of inflammatory health to deliver straightforward, bite-sized strategies and information you can easily apply to your life. Not too long ago, I was lost in a sea of information, overwhelmed by the challenges of inflammation. But through years of trial, education, and self-discovery, I learned to break free from the chaos of fad diets and cultivate a practical anti-inflammatory lifestyle that not only helped me stabilize my own diagnosis, but thrive with it. Whether you're an autoimmune warrior or simply seeking a healthier, uncomplicated life, you found your tribe. Join me as we explore realistic strategies that can make a profound difference in your life. So if you're ready to embrace a simpler, healthier way of living, you're in the right place, my friend. Let's dive in, learn, and grow together. Welcome to the Inflamed in the Brain podcast. Let's get started. I absolutely love coffee, and I can't really pinpoint why coffee is so special to me, but it is. It's part of my morning ritual, which honestly isn't anything too special. It's just me waking up in the morning and having a cup of café con leche with Arthur. Of course, we're holding the café for Arthur's cup, but that's what I do every morning, and this could be me just trying to find sentiment in everything, but a lot of really important conversations about life and goals that I've had with people were really special to me happened over a cup of coffee. For example, weekends for my husband and me often meant going to our favorite local coffee shop where they sourced Colombian coffee beans and roasted them in-house. And we planned every detail of our wedding over coffee. And our honeymoon was no different. Every morning we enjoyed a cup of coffee overlooking the beach in Hawaii. And we even visited a coffee farm, which was pretty cool. Being someone who values mindful eating and eating with a purpose, Today's episode is all about diving into the anti-inflammatory benefits of coffee. So grab your cup and let's get into all of the anti-inflammatory goodness that coffee can provide. Before we get into the nitty gritty of it all though, I think it's really important for me to go over what free radicals are and how they contribute to inflammation in our bodies because the anti-inflammatory effects of coffee really tie into their impact on free radicals. Free radicals are like troublemaking molecules in your body. Every molecule in your body wants a complete set of electrons. And because free radicals are missing an electron, this makes them volatile and they're on a mission to steal an electron from another molecule, making them a reductant. Or they can give an electron to a molecule, making them an oxidant. 
Either way, they're giving or taking an electron in order to become stable. The thing is, when they act as a reductant and go around stealing molecules or stealing electrons from other molecules, this makes them a bad guy. So where do these free radicals come from? Well, they can enter our bodies through our environment, like air pollutants, cigarette smoke, alcohol, pesticides, x-rays, industrial chemicals, heavy metals. Or they can be created inside of our bodies as a result of very normal metabolic human processes, like immune cell activation, energy production in your mitochondria, inflammation, yes, very normal, and aging. Free radicals are dangerous because, as I mentioned earlier, they have the ability to steal electrons from other molecules, making them unstable as well, which causes an inflammatory response from your immune system. But free radicals also have the potential to go into the cell membranes and nucleus of cells and cause damage to really important molecules like your DNA, proteins, and fats, which not only cause these cells to die prematurely, but it can change their structure and function which contributes to even more inflammation. Antioxidants are the key to fighting free radicals here. However, if you don't have enough antioxidants to fight off free radicals, and free radicals are essentially running rampant in your body, you'll find yourself in a state of oxidative stress, where your cells are dying off and tissues are getting damaged. Oxidative stress has been linked to tons of diseases like hypertension, inflammatory diseases like arthritis, Parkinson's, and even some cancers. Lucky for you, my fellow coffee lover, one of the anti-inflammatory effects from coffee comes from its antioxidant content. Coffee has an antioxidant called chlorogenic acids, or CGAs. And CGAs are powerful antioxidants because it takes those unstable free radicals in our bodies that we talked about earlier, and it stabilizes them by donating an electron. This reduces oxidative stress and inflammation. Coffee also has polyphenols and flavonoids in them that can also reduce oxidative stress and inflammation. What's interesting, though, is that the method of brewing and the type of beans used can significantly impact the antioxidant activity, polyphenol levels, and flavonoid content in the coffee. A specific study actually examined this by analyzing freshly brewed coffees from both roasted and unroasted Arabica coffee beans originating from Brazil, Colombia, India, Peru, and Rwanda. Essentially, the study found that roasted coffee beans used in hot brews had more antioxidant activity than cold brew coffees or unroasted coffee beans. And the longer the beans were roasted, the more antioxidative properties the coffee had. This is said to be due to the Maillard reaction, which is just a fancy way of saying the browning that happens when you apply heat and roast the beans. It releases what's called melanoidins, that influence the antioxidant content of the coffee. The study also showed that the origin of the coffee beans also played a factor in the antioxidative and anti-inflammatory properties of the coffee. For example, the strongest radical scavenging properties came from Colombian coffee beans that were roasted and used for hot brews, whereas the lowest radical scavenging properties came from unroasted Brazilian coffee beans. I'll include a link to the article in the show notes if you're looking to dig a little deeper into the details here, but the exciting takeaway here is that incorporating coffee into your morning routine can significantly boost your anti-inflammatory efforts, especially if you're savoring a steaming cup in the morning. The antioxidants and polyphenols in coffee also have been shown to lower markers of inflammation in your body, one of those being C-reactive protein or CRP. 
CRP will show up on a blood test and is a common biomarker your doctor will test for if they're suspecting that you're dealing with some kind of inflammation. One way that coffee lowers CRP is by the mechanism that we just talked about, where the CGAs are neutralizing the free radicals. This would lower inflammation and CRP. But an added bonus here is that the polyphenols in coffee also inhibit certain inflammatory pathways that lead to the production of inflammatory markers, including CRP. Your body also has this transcription protein called nuclear factor kappa B. And nuclear factor kappa B is responsible for the expression of pro-inflammatory genes in our innate immune cells. Too much nuclear factor kappa B activity can also lead to chronic inflammation in the body. The CGAs in coffee have been shown to decrease activation of nuclear factor kappa B, which will help you prevent inflammation in your body. So that's another added bonus. One other way that coffee can induce anti-inflammatory benefits is by acting as a prebiotic. The CGAs from your coffee make their way into your gut and enzymes step in to break them down into this dynamic duo of purulic acid and cathic acid. These compounds serve as fuel for certain strains of beneficial bacteria in your gut, helping them thrive and multiply. And then by supporting these healthy bacteria populations with your cup of coffee, you're then supporting your immune system, which remember is key in fighting inflammation. And you're also supporting the integrity of the gastrointestinal barrier, which will prevent leaky gut. This in turn will help you keep inflammation at bay. So now that we know all of the awesome things that come with your cup of coffee in the morning, how much coffee should you really be drinking? The concern here isn't with just coffee itself, but it's the caffeine intake. Because as you know, with all things, too much of anything can become a problem. The FDA says that up to 400 milligrams of caffeine is typically considered safe, which is about four cups of coffee. I think a lot of us probably drink way more than four cups of coffee in a day, which is important to recognize if you struggle with things like anxiety, trouble falling asleep and staying asleep, digestive issues, and high blood pressure. If you're getting your daily cup of coffee during your commute or while you're out for the day, a venti cup from Starbucks is bringing you close to that four cup limit where the trenta is putting you past that limit. Medium cup of coffee at Dunkin' is about 14 ounces, I think. Don't quote me on that. But my husband prefers to drink Dunkin', so that's what he tells me. You can always ask the barista wherever you get your coffee from, just in case you're looking to be extra cautious about how much caffeine you're actually taking in. Most people who have coffee have it in the morning or sometimes grab a cup when they need an extra burst of energy because it blocks adenosine receptors in the brain, which help you feel not tired. If you drink too much coffee, this same kind of mechanism can interfere with your sleep and make you feel anxious. I know that when I was in the thickest part of postpartum anxiety, I stopped drinking coffee for a bit because it made me feel like my anxiety was getting worse. Another pretty interesting bit of information here, how your body responds to coffee also depends on your genes. Now, I'm the type of person that always says your genes don't determine your fate, your environment does, but in this case, your genes actually determine how your body responds to coffee. There's a lot of contradicting findings and research that look at coffee's effects on blood pressure and the genetic variation in our CYP1A2 genes seem to be the culprit. When it comes to coffee, CGAs have been shown to significantly reduce systolic blood pressure and diastolic blood pressure, which is the top and bottom numbers of your blood pressure respectively. However, 
Some of us have SNPs or single nucleotide polymorphisms in our CYP1A2 gene that slow our body's ability to break down caffeine. And this actually is what increases our risk for hypertension when it comes to drinking coffee. Now, with all this being said, there are literally countless ways to enjoy a cup of coffee. Some methods stand out a bit more than others, especially when it comes to aligning with your goals for anti-inflammatory health. Firstly, it's really important to be mindful of how you sweeten your coffee or whether you use sweeteners at all. High sugar intake has been associated with inflammation through various pathways, so opting for black coffee or steering clear of coffee creamers with added sugars can significantly minimize your sugar exposure and inflammatory exposures. I love coffee probably since I was about 15 years old, but I think I stopped adding sugar to my coffee shortly after my MS diagnosis, which at this point I think might be about nine years ago. One thing that helps if you are looking to cut back on how much sugar you add to your coffee is to enjoy a cup of coffee with cream or milk. Cream and milk are naturally sweet and naturally have sugar in them. If you're not a big dairy person or you can't tolerate it so well, you can also try adding oat milk to your coffee for a little sweetness instead of sugar. But remember, oats are carb heavy. So to stabilize your blood sugar, don't have your coffee on an empty stomach or have it alongside some protein. Another thing you can do here is add cinnamon to your coffee. Not only does this elevate the coffee's flavor profile and make you feel a little fancy, but the presence of phytochemicals in cinnamon also contributes to the existing anti-inflammatory benefits in your cup of joe. And building on our previous discussion where we were talking about the varying antioxidant content based on the coffee bean's origin, another crucial factor here is to consider the potential use of pesticides in the cultivation process of the coffee bean. Pesticides represent yet another facet of an environmental toxin exposure, so making a choice to source coffee beans that are organic can help you avoid one more inflammatory exposure. If organic options seem to be scarce or not a realistic option for you, exploring coffee labeled as Fair Trade Certified or Rainforest Alliance Certified provides a pretty good alternative. Both of these labels showcase a certain level of environmental mindfulness. However, at the end of the day, if none of these choices are available to you, do not stress. Let us take a second to recognize that we cannot entirely sidestep or avoid all inflammatory triggers. So the next best course here is to support our natural detox systems and trust that they can handle what we cannot control. So there you have it, my friend, all of the anti-inflammatory goodness that comes with your cup of coffee. I personally don't need an excuse to enjoy a cup of coffee, but in case you did, now you have a couple of reasons. Not only does your cup of coffee have your back with its antioxidant content, but it's also proactively protecting you from inflammation by supporting your microbiome and preventing leaky gut. And although there are some general recommendations with how much you should be drinking, remember that this all depends on the person. Some of us may tend to feel a little more anxious with a certain amount of coffee, whereas others might be more susceptible to hypertension due to SNPs in our genes. But the biggest takeaway here is to savor your cup of anti-inflammatory goodness in the morning, and please remember to drink responsibly. I hope you found this episode helpful, and if you did, please, please drop a review and share this episode with a friend who is also a fellow coffee lover. Reach out to me and let me know how you're enjoying your cup of coffee. You can find me at Carbo on Instagram, I'd love to hear from you and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our anti-inflammatory combos. Until next time, same time, same place.